Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. And we're live. Okay, perfect. We are coming back at you. Um, we've just come off the tail end of like some really exciting uh, guest episodes. Yeah. We'll have heard by the time we release this one. Some are upcoming. Yes. After the fact. So, so fucking cool. But... Just batch recording things. Just batch recording things. Um, <laughs> but today, um, we actually wanted to cover um, a little bit about GM burnout, uh, mm-hmm. as well as like handling and managing player engagement in your games. Yes. Um, DM burnout specifically. <laughs> um, yeah. From like a player perspective is like maybe you have a dm that experiences it and then also from a dm perspective is like managing it and self-care i think a hundred percent i think there's something really uh important to say about like i i specifically feel this because like i have the itch to play as many games as possible if i could quit my job and, and I could play just D&D. play D&D, play D&D all the that. time. I 100% probably would. Would I eventually burn out? Probably. But um, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, if I could just play role-playing games and write that would and be a do journey. this, that would, that's the ideal. That's, that's, that's the ideal that's my we're ideal. living in. Yeah. Um, but like I think the – for me, like I'm starting to get a lot of that because like again, I, I, I started DMing this year um and i already have that itch sometimes when i'll be conceptualizing games that i'm like i want to run it more yeah. than anything humanly possible but you don't want to burn yourself out. i don't want to burn myself out and then also there's an element of like managing my real life responsibilities mm-hmm. um and understanding like for example like our strix haven game mm-hmm. is a once a month game. yes yeah Mo- mostly out of necessity because like half our players live in a different city Yep. Um, so it's like not super feasible or realistic to expect all to come in bi-weekly, especially not weekly. Yeah, we used to do I I used to be the only person driving down bi-weekly for Ravenloft. Yeah. And that was so it's like half my weekends were traveling, mm-hmm. which when that got combined with like work trips and other things, where it's like I would have six, eight weeks where I there was no weekend that I was home. Yeah. And as like an introverted extrovert, that's or an extroverted introvert, that one. Yeah, that one. It's that one. Um, that was rough. Like I'd be very tired and very run down and stressed. So like going down once a month and saying like, "All right, we'll just play," just as a big old session, just a lot, a long lady, just a big heaping um, session for like once a month is. I wish we could play more. And like every time we leave, I'm always like, "Damn, I would love to be able yeah. to play next weekend." But on the whole, it's a much better sustainable cadence for everybody. Spiritually, I would love for us to play on a weekly basis. Like, yeah. That would be great. Realistically, not only the fact that y'all live that far away, but also realistically with like my my real my real mm-hmm. life job and other things that like I have on my itinerary because I'm like I'm also actively studying and for doing, sure doing other things and working on projects like and you're a player in other campaigns and I'm a player in other campaigns I'm a candle burning at like several different ends yeah I feel that. um and I was like I don't know that I could ma- I could manage to prep 
even bi-weekly. That's a lot of prep. It's a lot of prep. And and it doesn't leave much time for, I feel like, you, especially as the DM, or even us as the players, to, like, appreciate and enjoy the session we've just played. Whereas, like, because we have a month, like, we'll play, and then the rest of that weekend, like, we play on Saturdays and we play another campaign mm-hmm. on Sundays, and then Bex and I drive home. Um but like we will, we get to sit and like dissect all the weird little micro interactions that happened and like hypothesize and get our like beautiful mind. I haven't even thought about that. I would going. love to be a fly on the wall in your drive home when you're fucking dissecting. Oh, the, the last, game. the last time Bex and I drove home, I think we talked the whole time. We played nary a song or a podcast or anything. <laughs> For the whole three it was drive. just three hours of us talking about like our characters and. Oh, I love that. It's it's good shit. It's good stemmy. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like we kind of we have the space to do that and then also like OSRP is helpful too with like feeding that feeding that gremlin. And also similar with me with Vampire the Masquerade of like if I had to I mean I I've been very we've had one session and like you guys loved it but it felt very slapdash to me and I did not have the materials that I needed to like run that effectively. Of my own kind of doing, I sort of volunteered to run it, and then I was realized like, oh shit, I've done no prep for this, mm-hmm. so we're just gonna, we're just we're just gonna hope let the spirit move us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I think running that more than once a month, it would take a level of organization and stuff that I don't know if I would always have ability or like capacity to do, like physically or mentally. Yeah. And it's like, I know I can do it once a month, right? Because you can space things out or you can do the neurodivergent thing and do it all the night before. (laughs) Like, whatever you need to do. This is also with the context of, like, what I've come to realize relatively recently. Um, Because every time you or me or Alyssa or Bex talk about our games to people, Mm -hmm. we're a little bit of an outlier in the space. Also, yeah. Uh, Because we have a tendency to play six to eight hour games we used to play like eight to 12 hour games yeah and we've like knocked it down to six to eight and then the on, next session is gonna have to be eight to twelve the next session is to gonna be through. an eight to twelve se- hour session because um, of how much we have to fit into it but also a lot of that is improv it's not an eight hour dungeon crawl it's no, not yeah. so it's not like eight hours of combat it's a lot of just us playing off each other and living our theater kid fantasies yeah but i've come to realize that a lot of people even in their in-person games that they do like weekly or, or whatever mm-hmm. they're like more of like a three to four hour session situation like coming to realize that it's like okay no there is a balance of like yeah we only get to play once a month however sure. we're getting about like two to three sessions worth like, yeah two and a half sessions of <laughs> in D&D. a one fell exactly yeah and understanding like what uh what is best suited for you and what is the most sustainable to you because I know that, like, for me right now where I'm at, I don't think I could run a weekly or bi-weekly game. No, I don't, I don't either. It's it's a delicate balance. Like, I, But then also there is the, the element of, like, there are so many fucking games that I want to run. There's so many one-shots I would love to play. Mm-hmm. Like that you sent us info, all that, like, stuff about the, like, Dragon Age. And I was like, damn, are we about to start running this bitch? I'm hyper-fixing it <laughs> so bad. Because it would be so fun. I'm but... also, like, struggling and looking at my 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 life calendar. And I'm yeah. like, where, where would that bitch even fit? <laughs> and we could do, like, a mega space out where, like, we could alternate, even with, like, like do Dragon Age one month, do VTM the next month. Like we could do something like that or we could do Dragon Age every other month or yeah. something like. There is a ways that we could do it. 
Um, but it's just like there are only so many weekends in a month while still maintaining like a normal social atmosphere. Exactly. That is non D related. Yeah, which like I did not have when we played Ravenloft. Like, I mean, I had some friends out in Austin, but it was almost impossible for me to have any kind of sustainable social life out here because I was either gone or I was exhausted and needing to like recover because I'm also like working during the week and like was in a really stressful job for a lot of that and like all that jazz. So it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's real hard when you're like, I, if, if I had all the resources in the world, I would be sitting here every single day and, and playing this game with a million different people. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so, it's so hard to manage, but then also at the same time, it's like, for me, man, like the way that I feel after a Strixhaven game is one, like I'm equal parts rocking so much good, good brain chemicals Mm -hmm. off of like the success of the session, the, yeah. the praise that my players give me, because I, I do be a praise Kinko. Yeah. Um, and all are truly. At the same time, I'm also so mentally drained. Yeah. After the fact. Yeah. Because I'm like, I my brain was was churning. That you whole never time. really get to turn off where it's like if as we kind of rotate around and because it's a lot of us rotating you through get our to own rest. vignettes. And then we're freaking out and reacting to everything else that's happening to another player character. But you never really get to pause. No. I'm very much like I having to, one, be paying attention and I'm also equally engaged. But then at the same time, I'm like, I have to take in all the information of like what you guys are doing and saying and who you're talking to and what comes out of this interaction and mm-hmm. how does that play into the big brain schemes. And then yeah. I'm also having to think about the direction that I'm taking y'all on next after mm-hmm. the scene and whatever and making sure like, oh, did this player get enough Screen, screen time, time and, yeah. and whatever and like managing all of that and so by the end of it i'm like y'all are sitting in my living room talking about the session and i feel like i'm melting into the couch. <laughs> elevator music right after your eyes yeah which like i had that um i didn't really account for how different that would feel until i have started running mm-hmm. a game and yeah it's a lot of like trying to maintain your own energy and make sure you're giving each player the same amount of like energy and enthusiasm and like yeah all the scenes are different but i think there are always some that are naturally easier to like to slot into a groove and like like in our family like uh bex's character has like this teenage like you know cyber qs scroll that works with Mm -hmm. her so like that character is going to be like our big yes and just chaos gremlin baby Uh, so like that scene we got in that banter and it was really easy. Um, and then there were like other things where like we were in court or something like that. And it was, I had to be more cerebrally focused on everything that was at play and make sure I'm keeping all these plates spinning. Yeah. And that's when I start and I'm like, uh, am I maintaining this well enough? Like, is it engaging enough? Is our things sort of falling flat because I am trying to have a hand in every fire? Yeah. And those and those scenes, especially like when running a big scene like that, which like I will give you so much credit because like I, I really did come, that. I was, yeah, I was coming off the tail end of my own like big scene where I'm like, yeah. cool. I'm not realizing I have to run a room of like 15 and NP- important NPCs, and then y'all. yeah, so it was, uh, ten. Yeah, yeah. It I was think like so. It was like the, it was set four sets of parents, so that's eight. Well, Jack has a brother. 
only one brother. Oh, that's true. And, and so you had Ambrose. I just had, yeah, Ambrose. So six, seven, and then eight with Poppin, Poppin friend. Poppin friend, yeah. So like eight, um, eight NPCs. Raina's two, I feel like. Raina counts as two. Raina counts as two. <laughs> Raina counts as two. Mask Raina and Shadow Mommy Raina. Yeah, those um, are two different. Two so different. yeah, cool, like eight to ten. And then I had this in my just grand wise decision making capacity decided to do that to myself the first time i ran anything ever because of course i did <laughs> um and i'm like fuck i have to run a whole court <laughs> like i had to make some very quick like game time decisions and i'm like okay everybody can't be at fucking court today like we had like none of the sheriffs were there i was like i didn't introduce everyone but it was trying to keep you know, like having like your sire come in and have like hint at some of the dynamics and like show the other players what's going on between y'all and hint at his dynamic with the prince and with her new seneschal and like that there's a fucking new seneschal and like what happened to the old one who was her sire mm-hmm. um like all of, and trying to drop hints without like making things so obvious that it yeah takes the fun out of it and, and like it's- it's a lot of management yeah, behind like, the scenes. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of cognitive load, too. Yeah. And, like, you you really got to take care of yourself after each session. Because, I like, I, like as soon as y'all, like, we, we decide to go to bed, the way I crash. Yeah. Just sleep like <laughs> the dead. <laughs> Fully. Fully. Um, but it's also, like, I don't know. Like I, like, I think about scenes like that. And I also, I think having respect for for all of that mental work that mm-hmm. happens behind the screen has changed how i play for sure uh, yeah. games and like how i view dms yeah and as they're running the game and like i think my my hustle cl- hustle culture is a little lessened uh as a player True. yeah once i've once i've started dming because and like if i do i feel like now i have a better idea of how to rationalize it and make it make sense rather than just be like asking advantage for advantage's sake yeah see i don't do a lot of that but i will i do hustle for like obscure applications of tools and spells Mm -hmm. and just like if i say some off the wall shit can we roll to see what the reaction would be like that's more of mine than just trying to pull it out of my like i'm i'm pretty can i have advantage (laughs) like i've done it but i try not to do that a ton but yeah, even even that, like we had that moment in a recent game where I rolled a, an unfortunate nat twenty. Well, not really unfortunate, but an awkward nat twenty, and found something that shouldn't have even existed. And I'm like, damn, it do be weird sometimes when you it do, it do when you fly too close to the sun and your wings don't melt and you don't pull an Icarus, and then you just get to keep on gliding. Yeah, and it's like what? Yeah, and you almost tried to like cop yourself out of. The I almost nat like 20. yeah, like I said it. And then I was kind of like, oh, we, we can change it. We can do something and else. Like, and you're no, like, no, you got a nat 20. You're like, no, you find something. And I'm like, well, fuck. Now I feel, now I feel threatened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> I found something I wasn't supposed to. Mother's going to punish me. Oh, oh my God. No, but like, uh, I the think the book is a mimic. <laughs> the book is a mimic. No, the having, having that experience and then understanding how much of an effect like running a game has on you mm-hmm. um has changed the way that i that i approach dms and as a player for sure for yeah. sure um but it is like a, a matter of like i i could definitely see how if i was running games similar to that on a weekly or even bi-weekly basis mm. 
I don't know. If, I, yeah. I, I got, I'm like slowly but surely starting to find where my bandwidth is on that because there are there are games that I really want to play. I want to I want to run True. this Dragon Age campaign. I'm very passionate about mm-hmm. it, but I'm also trying to figure out like, will I run it as an in-person game? It's not really feasible with the way that we're like how far we're, we're all living. So and like if we play it online, like you and I play online. I think, yeah. But like all of our players don't and don't really enjoy it so it's yeah. like well then is that something that we can do and it just being adults and trying to coordinate anything oh is difficult and like we are the four of us are also an outlier in the sense of like like you play weekly campaigns like during the week and yeah. i i do as well it's not every week it's usually every two to three i would say and we play online during the week and like it's a uh, two hours maybe and then like we're done because it's like 10 p.m and i'm like hey we gotta go to work tomorrow <laughs> oh yeah chief. um so it's a very different vibe than like the strict saving campaigns and the all during campaign that we play on the weekend and the fact that like all of our players are willing and able to fully dedicate a weekend to just diving into that fantasy world and living there for like 48 hours is is rare and is so cool mm-hmm. uh, i think that's something where we had that with ravenloft too and so we've gotten a bit spoiled to that too like i don't i don't think that's a is a universal experience like we mo- might yeah because it's hard and i mean that is also a benefit of us playing once a month is that's much more realistic to it's do. much more realistic as a schedule and it's also like that i mean the universal struggle in the in the in the ttrpg community is scheduling yeah um, and like we rarely have I don't know that we've ever had a session that we've just had to cancel. Uh, we've had sessions where, like, maybe a player couldn't come down or, like, I've certainly had a handful of sessions because, like, just chronically ill things mm-hmm. where I'm, like, in a flare-up and I'm, like, hey, I can't. I can't do anything. I'm yeah. lay and stare at the ceiling. So it's, like, I've I've missed some. And, like, that's kind of happened with everybody at different times. But I don't know that we've ever had a session at any point where the four of us have been playing together that was just a wash. Yeah, because I think also generally in our group, uh, we tend to, if one, and certainly if two players can't make it, we're like, ain't no way we're playing this without you there. Yeah, we'll just postpone and then, like, schedule. And, like, we had more debating weekends and stuff. And then if something were to happen, like, with Ravenloft, people had more flexible work schedules than, like, us nine-to-five hoes who were just, you know, we know where we're going to be. Yeah. Um, there was too much, like, we would skip a month. There was a month where, like, some of us would need to step away just to, like, cope with other life stuff. And so we had, like, a couple months of a break and then we come back. Yeah. But it's definitely something, like, I – there. there's times when, like, like how you mentioned, like, I play a weekly Monday game and a bi-weekly Wednesday game. Mm-hmm. And then once a month I have our – uh Strixhaven and then Alderan. Our weekend of Duntada. <laughs> Our weekend of Dundada. And <laughs> um and that that is like an intense, like a, li- li- we're literally like a like a dual feature, two day special. Yeah. 48 like, hours. <laughs> yeah. A good of section of play. the party is coming down uh, explicitly for the purpose of yeah. of playing. And finding more bandwidth for more games is very is very difficult but it's also like you you do have to sit there and be honest with yourself and be like what can i handle and and what is yeah. a little too much and when do do other responsibilities start to take a back step to yeah. these fantasy games that that give me the good good serotonin for sure um, yeah that i'm craving like a feral animal at all True. times <laughs> like and i feel like if you were gonna add anything else 
at like at a well spaced out component. The Dragon Age one makes the most sense because you have such an encyclopedic knowledge of Dragon Age. I do, and it would that it's be a lot inherently with just like the story and what's going on. Like you know enough where you don't really have to do research yeah. or learn that, and you could kind of just pilot us around through that and go with what the plot is, and then make up anything else yeah, that you didn't like or wanted to change you've literally seen the way that i am like you started playing dragon age yeah. and i would just be watching you stream it and i might not like even be paying attention immediately i'm like on my phone and you're like i can't find this thing and i would look up for the first time in like several hours the fucking shards yeah and you would find the guy the, the shard and like and be and I'm, like, I'm like i recognize that tree like, I, I know exactly this. where you at and, <laughs> and like the map is huge but i really do know every square into that game like i know where this this one pixel in the hinterlands is <laughs> where this mushroom that you need jesus christ okay <laughs> like it was helpful because i would get annoyed and find things and like i'm like I'm, I'm baby find it listen i don't claim to be good at video games so i'm like i will i will phone in a friend but yeah um yeah that's that's one i feel like as you consider, it's easier to consider that than like running a whole new, a whole homebrew, whole bitch, a whole, whole, whole bitch. new, a whole new friend. Yeah, and I guess technically, like you could find more bandwidth in like pre-made modules, like and stuff like. Yeah, but coastal. we're not gonna do that. I know, I know. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm we can't. This <laughs> other people that are less neurodivergent could do that. We're it's not us though, because we've both bought modules to start dming and we're like hey we're gonna run this and then we started reading it closed the book and said fuck that module i'm gonna do what i want and then we did a bunch of nonsense realized that it still has to be structured on some amount of plot scaffolding and then have tried to reconcile the chaos we've wrought with the (laughs) written material and i'm talking to myself more than I'm talking to you because I'm running a system that none of us have fucking played before. (laughs) And like the one thing I could have just had y'all be the fucking heralds that have been dead for like in fucking the vampire freezer for underground for a long ass time. And we could have run it normally. But I was like, did I do that? No, no, no. We're going to make up a bunch of complicated history for everyone. (laughs) And now I need to interweave them. It it do be a game of like like you said like we open the book we toss it over our shoulder, and then we like kind of ashamedly go find the book yeah, again. Yeah, and then like we're two like, hours later, we're scrabbling across the floor like a roach to go get the book and try to make it all make sense. And I'm like, why are we like this? We could just not. We could make our lives so much easier, but then no, why would we? But also, like our players would not follow that module. Absolutely not. Like, Lost Minds of Fandrelin, or Fandor, however the fuck you say it, does not account for, like, someone making a host club in the middle. Like, that's not. No. That's not in the written, the source material. That's not. That's not in the written source material that I do have to improv all of that. Um, But as a, as a general statement towards not us specifically, but, like, you could ideally, like, it, if you wanted to run a more strict module, and you had you totally could yeah, yeah you totally could and it, you could find a little more bandwidth because it does do a lot of the legwork for you yeah uh, especially like the mechanics of like figuring out the fights and like how many you know enemies there are and like and how, all that. yeah all that like how how much how much hit points these these thick thick rats got like all that thick thick rats it's always rats at the beginning it's rats <laughs> or it's spiders and i'm arachnophobic so it's rats it's always rats because we can't have 
can of spider sacks. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it do be a matter of just one understanding your bandwidth, understanding how much realistic time you can devote to yeah to either playing or running games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you touched on like the 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 neurodivergencies as us as players because like outside of like that burnout topic, but the player engagement. For sure. Which is something that, like, I think our group, uh, this group that we're currently running with, we don't have a problem with pr- with player engagement. No, definitely not in person. Not in person because it's so it's immersive. If we're play, if we're the one role playing, and then if we're not the one role playing, we're so invested in e- each other's stories that we're it's like watching a soap opera, right? So that that's not a problem. Yeah. But I have had, for example, like uh, we had some players that like were with us previously in that campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like, although everybody at my table has, has some flavor of neurospicy. Sure. Um, they particularly like the, the ADHD was like pretty, pretty up there. with, with Yeah. That. And they had a hard time. Like, you don't have a ton of control over what you hyperfixate on, but they weren't hyperfixating on the game mm-hmm. like the ADHD babies we have now do. Mm-hmm. They were hyperfixating on like a phone or like other things or things that were uninvolved. And so that gets a bit tough sometimes. Yeah. And like there was also elements of like I as a DM had to adjust a little bit because I remember them talking to me of like, hey, like, is there a possibility we could have like maybe more frequent breaks like in between? Because mm-hmm. like I got so used to the fact that like we tend to run for like oh that's several true. hours. Yeah, because we used to have a couple of players that were like were brand new and like hadn't played we'd met post, you know, yeah. split from Ravenloft and they were like new to this. And then we're like, hi, welcome to the welcome hell, to the welcome to the hell week of RPG. Um, <laughs> so it's like, like this is not this is not normal, but it is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like, but but that was also helpful too because we're like, yeah, we could use a break. Yeah, we could use like Breaks a cra- like a cracker and a dream, <laughs> especially um, to to handle the burnout. Because like, oh man, like also, and I think this is a universal experience. Like when you're when you out here DMing, you fully forget all bodily functions. Yeah. like at all and i'm just like i'll go through our whole fucking session and then i'll realize i have not had a drop of water or a bite of food nor did i feel the need to i do that when i'm playing in our strict saving campaign but like also definitely when i'm dming too but then after the fact i'm like oh cool i feel like dying um (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, I am a shell of a human. I am a shell of a human. It's like that meme of that skeleton, like, sitting on the bench. And that's when the person's, like, been there and rotted away. That's me. That's me after every game. Tag yourself at me. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm like a, a void of hunger. And, like, my brain yeah. is mush. And mm-hmm. I can't function. But, yeah, like, I, I remember having to adjust for them needing more frequent breaks and, and things like that. And... Because I want, like, I wanted them to be as engaged and, and mm-hmm. active. And, like, so there's a little element of, like, adjustment whenever you, depending on, like, the player makeup that you have. For sure. At the table. But I also remember, like, my first uh, session that, like, my first D&D game that I ever played um, was with a friend of mine. And, like, I think I referred to this in a past episode. But it was a friend who just wanted to run a game. And, like, you know, I was like, I've never touched Dungeons and Dragons. But. I'm nerdy, play video games. Yeah, like I'm interested. I'm, I'm here. It's adjacent. Um, and it was him as as the DM, me, and like two other guys that I wasn't. I knew of them. They weren't really like close friends of mine by any means. Yeah, you were in college. Yeah, yeah, I was in community college, like my first year of college, right. and um, 
it was a real bad example of like what D&D is mm-hmm. for sure because they the other two players were like very much not invested mm-hmm. at all they were the type of players that were like sitting there on their phones the entire time yeah um, they like pretty much only pay attention whenever there was like combat and even then it was like i cast my strongest spell or do my hardest hit and mm-hmm. as soon as their turn was done they're like fucking zoinked Chucked out. back out Chucked yeah back out like zero engagement when we were like in any town or like had any any moment where we had to talk to an npc yeah type of thing like i remember i was like i know i've never played this game before but i know this is not <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like this isn't the way to do it no and i was trying to pull so much weight in like interacting with the npcs mm-hmm. and other and other stuff and like i felt so bad for him because he was he was you know he you work really hard on yeah that's tough as like a dm it's and just as a person in general it's like when you're in a conversation and you can tell that no one's listening to what you're yeah. saying and like it just it sucks and then you add on that like you have done some level of like work to you know figure out this like fantasy tapestry that you're taking everybody through and it's like that it sucks and like yeah no there are people who because neurodivergent things like they're on their phone and they but they are paying attention and it's like if that's if that's you and you communicate that then like yeah you're not the problem but the default of that is like okay it just seems like you're checked out exactly and like i think back that i think back on that and like i'm like bro if i if i was the dm and i saw people on their phones while i'm like trying to tell this story like whatever i don't think i i don't think i would want to do it you know yeah i don't either and and i don't and i can't necessarily say in that specific situation i don't think it was a fault of the dm because i think i think he was like in my in my opinion he was he was running a good game like he was yeah i was interested and i was engaged and all these stuff but like it is important to to find a good combination of people that are like as invested in the game as as much as you true and that like to play the same style of game that you do that's a lot Mm -hmm. of it too or it's like it's people who only like combat and the nitty-gritty side of it and check out when it's time to like talk to villagers then you got to minimize that bit where if it's the opposite then you can expand on the role play or find some middle ground and like also there are some people that don't care that people are on their phones like it doesn't bother them but i think for me be it an anxiety thing or whatever it would bother me and like my tendency to be critical of myself anyway would be like oh i'm not doing a good enough job to keep these people engaged yeah whether it has anything to do with me or not right yeah 100 percent. the only reason i would ever have my phone on me and like actively looking at it is if i'm using like D&D, D&D Beyond. Beyond. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't bring my dice or I don't have my character sheet by chance or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I did that for a bit in Strixhaven until I got Anya's binder. I just mm-hmm. ran her on D&D Beyond. But yeah, I'm not. And like my favorite games, yeah, I'm not I'm not on my phone either. I'm yeah. engaged in what's happening because I want to know and I, I need to be aware of like what the fuck is going on. 100%. And like, we we also had an experience where like, we tried to with our, our group that we normally play in person, we at one point tried to do an online game. I hated that online game. I'm so sorry. I'll just say it with my whole chest. I've never been so fucking bored. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what it was. I think some of it, I mean, I do know what it was, what some of it was. And it's, it wasn't related to actually the game of D&D. But online is a very different user experience than being in person and i think like i i wasn't as invested in the plot of like in the setting as i was in ravenloft and i just i just 
I don't know. I couldn't flip that switch in my brain where I really cared about my character and the other characters and the plot and all of that. It and it's like, difficult. if I can't flip that switch, then I'm, I'm always going to be a little bit checked out. Even if I'm like full scale, like making myself be consciously pre- as consciously present as I can. Mm-hmm. It's very different than if it's a character that I'm invested in. And I'm like, give it to me. Yeah. And I know, I know like um, our, our friend Bex, for example, she mentioned that like it was, it was a combination for her. It was a combination of like, we didn't have cameras on. So like you couldn't really like see people. And it was like Bex's first real experience at like playing an online game. Yeah. Um, And so like she wanted like the face, the facial reactions of people like while we're playing and stuff like that. So we're not having cameras on. Cause to be fair, like we're not voice actors. We do a lot of physical acting. Yeah. <laughs> All of like, us. It's, it's reading off of other people's body language. And then on top of that, it's the, the element of like, yeah, it is online. So like you're, I feel like your mind is more, is more tended to drift because like you're just yeah. staring at a, at a, you're not staring at people across the table from you. You're staring at an idle map and like, not much is going on there yeah um and like yeah you're listening to the dm kind of kind of go on and stuff but there there's a tendency for the mind to wander especially mm-hmm. if like the scene does not technically involve your character in that moment for sure so yeah i feel like i feel like that drops engage player engagement like in tears until you're like kind of fully checked out yeah definitely for for me it does and i mean I know, like, ev- everybody is different, and, like, we've all had periods where, like, there wasn't an option to play in-person D&D, and so, like, if online is the only thing you can make work, yeah, that that can certainly be better than not playing at all, but there is just such a difference in playing yeah. in person. Yeah. For me, and, like, when it comes to engagement, yeah, I don't know if that's a neurodivergency thing or just a... Uh, it's easier to treat it like improv or collective theater or something where you can slot in and the story and the characters feel real more so when you're in person yeah i think it's uh i think the body language like being able to read somebody's body language while they're sitting across the table from you is important and i think it helps a lot with that that interpersonal like player engagement as well as them being engaged in the story because like for me every time i've sat at a table even if the scene doesn't involve me i'm still actively watching other people play it out yeah and that keeps my mind like interested and focused and yeah it's like an active rest like you're not having to use your cognitive brain in that moment and be sharp and reactive and responsive but you can still you're still in the story and watching and being aware and all of that is it's a different kind of fun but it's just as enjoyable to be able to kind of pass that torch yeah and i think it's also easier for the dm as well to be able to read like when to switch scenes yeah. and like when to take a break when and, to like, take a break and, mm-hmm. and and all of those kind of like signs and stuff like that where it but I, like i can also think of a lot of like online games that i'm currently playing in that like i think there's also an element of especially if you don't know the people as well going into it player engagement that's a lot of it for player engagements i feel like if if you know your players well then obviously you can read them as people better and Mm -hmm. so and you know what they like and what they enjoy the most and where where y'all are compatible and where you're not and that just makes it easier to craft an experience that fits 100 percent. but like as opposed to i think like I notice a very big difference in a lot of the online games that I've played because in both instances of the games that I've joined online, I came in complete stranger yeah. <laughs> to like the majority of the party. 
mm-hmm. um, which was always like adding an element of nervousness for sure yeah. uh, on my end. Um, but then in the the engagement in the very beginning, I would say like for for me personally, like these are people that have like established play together or whatever. Yeah. And so like sometimes I could feel myself kind of like zoning out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to actively like, pay attention because I'm like, I'm trying to learn lore. I'm trying to like, like yeah, whatever. and like catch up. And it's also that element of like my character hasn't clicked for me yet. Like, yes, I've made her. I'm starting to yeah. play her. But there's a little bit of like a period of time in the first few sessions mm-hmm. that you're like you're slowly starting to fit yourself into the narrative and getting invested and And like feeling like your character. Yes. And like that character concept that you have, like when you actually put them into motion and play, does it click? And it's like, it was funny with like your strict saving campaign for me, making my character Anya, like that was, she was one of the hardest. I had a harder time coming up with her character concept than I think I ever really have. And I think mm-hmm. part of that was also coming out of that Ravenloft campaign and the circumstances in which that ended and just being kind of burnt out and feeling a bit, I don't know, like... Dissatisfied. Yeah, dissatisfied and just like disillusioned mm-hmm. with D&D a bit and sad about that. And then like knowing that if I could hype myself up, it would be great. But then, like, once her character concept clicked, I was like, okay, I've got it. And we're off to the races. But then, like, in our Alderaan campaign, I started out playing a gunslinger. And I played, like, two sessions with her. And, like, it was fun in combat because gunslingers do buku damage and she Mm. had a sharpshooter. But any kind of, like, in roleplay situations, I just wasn't enjoying piloting her around. It just wasn't fun for me. And then so I switched to Maeve, my way of the long death monk. And she's just a in a fun, goofy, creepy mood all the time. And I just, yeah, I get to be chaos incarnate. And that immediately clicked for me. I'm like, okay, this is like, we played that session. I'm like, this is fun. The first, the first session that like I played Maeve, um, it was a marked difference in like my experience in that game, just because yeah. I had found the right character. And so it was so much easier to be engaged. I think so too. Like it's, now thinking of it from the perspective of uh, like as a dm i'm like oh that's a good thing to know of like if you're ever kind of noticing that some player is not super engaged in the story it Mm -hmm. may be it may just be that their character is not clicking yeah and it may just be like a matter of like hey we just sit down and like figure out either why this character is not clicking like do we need to add more to your backstory do we need to flesh this out a little bit more or do you just need a new character in general? Yep. I think that was the, like, I just wanted to hit reset because, like, I didn't really know why I was having a hard time getting engaged in the Alderaan campaign because I love the setting. It's the four of us and then the DM, Teddy and Chrissy, and they're both great. And so it's like, the people are cool. And I just... And but it's it, in person. And it's in person. It's like, but it just wasn't clicking for me and then i was like over analyzing it it wasn't clicking and then i was stressing myself out and getting anxious and trying to mask and then getting anxious over the fact that i'm not supposed to be masking around people and it was just like a a tidal wave of nonsense and i was like this is not sustainable and because we play them like once a month we had only played like it happened like the first time i was like that's the first session the first session is kind of a wash right you never know you don't count that one yeah. it's like when you get home from getting your hair cut you're like i've got to fix it myself before i judge it <laughs> but the set like the second session i felt the same and i was like fuck i didn't like i didn't know what to do and i was like i think i just need to wipe the slate <laughs> and start over yeah with just a more 
chaotic character that had like my gunslinger character had a a lot of like darker hefty stuff in her backstory like i brought in which i generally love to do but i also think like the emotional labor of that was maybe a bit too much in an environment with people that were new and it's just i'm like let me just make a fucking weirdo that has a plenty of potential to have fucked up shit have happened and happened to her in the future (laughs) but like let me just bring in the bitch who does a daily blood sacrifice to something yeah, and like I remember, like in like, and I've mentioned this before in the Raven Love campaign when I was having issues with like playing mm-hmm. Cadence. Like I was engaged in the sense of like I loved watching other people's like scenes yeah. play out, but then when mine happened, I felt so much like dread because I didn't feel comfortable in my character, yep. and I didn't like it was like those moments of like I would rather not have the scene focus on me right now because yeah, I, I would rather just watch. It's like if I can just watch everybody else, and then when it comes to combat. Like, I'll hop in then. Yeah. But if I cannot RP, that'd be great. Which is odd for both of us to feel because that we're way. we're very big on the very RP. Very much. Yeah. And once I switched, it was funny enough because, like, towards the end, everybody loved my little robot mm-hmm. so much. But I switching to the other character who then was, like, everyone was so suspicious of. And, like, yeah, the in-character dynamics were, like, it animosity a little bit but like i also was like i feel so much more comfortable playing her yeah because i could i could turn my brain off to that like voice of like am i playing this character right right like like cadence just wasn't fitting for for sure i loved her i loved her concept i loved everything about her but like it just wasn't clicking for me as a person yeah and then being able to play anima was like okay i am like fully comfortable in this and i don't have to think about my responses i can be very natural Mm -hmm. in my responses and i'm much i'm having a much more pleasant time in those in those last few sessions that i got to play with her for sure yeah i think that that's a great example and a longer version of what happened to me with alderaan and like but it was interesting because like after you kind of decided that you were eventually going to switch uh, toward that end, like you had some really, a really, really good couple sessions with Cadence. Yeah. Where it's like, I think you, I think I took the you pressure had off that, myself. Yeah. It was like, I was like, this bitch is dead. In some the kind water. of weird, like, narrative death rattle where it's like, okay, I know I'm not going to play you forever. Death certificate. Yeah. So it's like, you really, you got to enjoy like a last couple sessions really playing her. And then, switch off yeah and that was that was really interesting too yeah a hundred percent well yeah i think ultimately like at the end of the day when it comes to the gm burnout it's a lot of you need to be realistic about how many games you can handle both Mm -hmm. playing in and running in and all your capacity understanding what your prep work looks like and how taxing that might be yeah um and then, you know, fitting that in where where it fits most comfortably. I think, like, we've harped on sustainability a couple of times in the past couple episodes. Yeah. You need to be able to be, one, make sure that, like, you're being responsible about your level of energy and, like, how much you are dedicating to this ultimately, like, very passionate little hobby that we all love yeah, and care about sure. so much. Um, and making sure it's not becoming, like, detrimental to your, to Absolutely. your yeah. mental health and other things because, like, as we've mentioned many times, like you should also be having fun. Like it's for sure. It's a labor of love yes. for sure, but it shouldn't like be completely. Yeah. Like you and your players can tell if you're not enjoying it or if you're doing it because you feel obligated to, or if you'd really rather not like it's, 
it's obvious as obvious as it as it is when like players aren't engaged mm-hmm. it is just as much with the dm if not more so because they're running the train 100%. so yeah like we harp on like sustainability and figuring out what works for you and communication and all that a lot but i think it is a lot of what these things come down to yeah <laughs> it's like it's all the same shit Oh, it's a full circle. Yeah. The circle of the of the D&D TTRPG life. Literally. Um, but yeah, making sure that you're you're engaging in games as sustainably as possible so that you can still maintain that fun. Um, and then when it comes to like player engagement, there's obviously like lots of differences between player engagement and like and pros and cons to both online and like mm-hmm. uh in-person games. And it depends on your players, and that's all like talks you can have if you're worried that someone's not engaged like you know like what does you being engaged look like because that's gonna that might look different you know the note taker is gonna have a different version of engaged than like the person who's like the most prolific role player you know using Mm -hmm. this to brush off like their shakespeare days right (laughs) like there's the retired theater versus the person that's like memorizing through their spells to try to come up with like the craziest combination of things to do like engagement can look a lot of different ways i think like, having those conversations are important yeah but and i think both as the as the dm looking out for engagement to mm-hmm. make sure it's a like if you've got narrow spices at your table it might just mean you need more breaks or you need to do some accommodation for that yeah or b uh like which i hadn't even thought about till we talked about it on this episode was like maybe someone's lack of engagement is due to their character not necessarily really clicking with them for sure um and being sure to either address that to see if like there's additional work that needs to be done or if they need to switch out a character um like i i like that we kind of like harped on like a potential like a warning sign to kind of look out for yeah i like that too because it's good to like destigmatize if a character's not working for you like that's not a cardinal sin it, it is okay and like you can you can save them for a one shot. Send them over the rainbow road, and maybe they'll be pulled over. <laughs> the rainbow bridge. The rainbow bridge. Um, but yeah, and then understanding like the differences between why players might be less engaged in an online game versus in person, and like how you can maybe try to mitigate or fix that online games like maybe possibly like start including like face cams so that people can actually like look at each other and, right. and see the expressions and read more body language like a lot of like a lot of people run like real play uh games online that everyone's sure. recording remotely and yeah. most of them from from what i understand like have like video cameras on because you want to be able to see like yes the people and yeah, how they absolutely. react and like those moments especially in those big drama moments mm-hmm. where like something big happens you want to see the shock on people's face yeah and like there's also a lot more like cool 3d modeling and like different online dungeon build up like obviously a lot of people use like the roll 20 maps which yeah. have like some cool interactive things but even things that go deeper than that where it looks like you're virtually you know going like into a game. room yes and so like maybe something like that can make a big difference in yeah. player immersion and it's a, it's a lot about finding the tools that work best for you i think mm-hmm. in those respects and to to keep player engagement alive um both in person and online um and at the end of the day you know it's just a game it's not that serious you should be having fun at all times and uh, making sure that you as the player are recognizing when you're lacking in engagement yes and maybe communicate that need and as a dm maybe look out for it and see how you can address it and as a dm be aware of 
where you're at. And I think you touched on this before, but like it's good to take pauses like during the game to sort of one, enjoy what's going on around you and be mindful in that moment. And then also after the fact to like check yourself and your own emotional health and energy level and like where you're at and feel free to adjust the cadence or the length you're playing or whatever as much as you need to so that you're having as much fun as your players are. Absolutely. There's no one way to like really run it. It's no, it's fully, uh, it's a beautiful space where you can customize it literally to every possible mm-hmm. need that you have, to the group that you have, to the DM that you have, um, and do do whatever feels best for you. Yep. Well, that is our episode for today. Uh, I hope you guys are going to do great this week, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.